today's episode, we have Joe Woodhouse, a father, husband, and a financial planner. Joe has been in the financial industry for over 17 years and has a mission to cut through the noise and create simple, meaningful, and actionable content on finance. He also runs a podcast called Health, Wealth, and Happiness, which is a must-listen if you are into both fitness and finance. In this episode, we dive into life-changing obstacles and mistakes that reshape Joe's life, adapting financially to a new paradigm shift, the go-getter mindset for success, making tax-free money as an expat, negative interest rates and its consequences, how to get rid of your addiction to financial porn, the simplest long-term investment strategy, and finally, how fitness and finance complement each other. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. Yourself? Very good. Very good. I've been keeping great. Welcome to Plan Our By Letter. And it's a pleasure to have you on, and especially on such short notice. So, thank you. No, no, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So, let's get started with your story. I very much resonate with your, I read your blog and I very much resonate with the message you give. Especially okay. when it comes to, you know, the financial overcomplications that we see and how you l- literally like your blogs, they're so easy to understand. Anyone can understand. So thank you for putting out such good content. Uh, thank you. I would really like to know how, what, how, what led you to this journey, like this financial journey of yours. Um, poor God, where do I start? So look, I, I'm a working class kid off a housing estate in North England. Um, my dad was a self-employed market trader. My mum worked in offices. Um, I sort of stumbled. Growing up, <laughs> growing up, I always had a bundle of energy, and I, I got in a bit of bother as a kid. And my dad took me down to a local boxing gym when I was about ten or eleven year old, um, and I just fell in love with it. And so I did that from being all the way through my teens, it kept me out of trouble and it kept me on the straight and narrow. And I learned more in that spit and sawdust gym than I did at school, just about life, confidence, discipline, self-respect, how to speak to other people, especially older. Um, my, tra- <laughs> my trainer used to make us sing nursery rhymes while we were shadow boxing in slow motion in front of crowds of people. Um, he once had me doing it in front of um, the local news station at a young offenders home in front of about 50, like really bad kids. Um, I think I was about 13, 14 14 year old at the time. And they were all bigger and older than me. And uh, yeah, he had me singing, I can see a rainbow while shadow boxing in slow motion um, on the TV. (laughs) Things like that really, um, yeah, make you get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of working life, I sort of fell into it by accident. Uh, I left school when I was 15, 16 year old. Um, I enrolled in the local college, although I didn't want to go. My mom and dad and teachers at school convinced me that without A-levels and a degree, you're going to be a bin man. And I didn't want to be a bin man. Yeah. Um, so between... And this, so this was between sort of this, this summer holiday between college and, uh, sorry, between school and go to college. And my mum were pressing me to get a job and I didn't particularly want a job. I was happy just sitting in my pants till midday as, as <laughs> most teenagers do, playing on my Xbox or doing whatever I was doing. And um, she came home one day. My, my brother played Sunday league football. Um, and she came home one day. She said, I've got you a job. Well, she said, I've got you an interview um, for a bank. And I'm like, what? And she went, yeah, as a cashier in a bank. Yeah. So I went along to this interview. I turned up in shorts and T-shirt. I actually took my ex-girlfriend with me to the, <laughs> to the interview. <laughs> I really didn't want this job. Um, and about five minutes into so Julie, the, the bank manager who interviewed me, about five minutes in, she said to me, I can see a bit of a spark in you but you need to drop the attitude. And the only reason I'm giving you this job is a favor to your mum to get you out of the house. <laughs> um, so I started working Saturdays and I think Wednesday afternoons from memory. And look, and I, I enjoyed it. The counting money side of things I didn't particularly enjoy and my till were always wrong at the end yeah. of every day. 
Um, but it's where I discovered a passion for sales and speaking to people. And right. I pretty quickly worked out the lay of the land as well in the bank. And it's different now, but this were pre-2008. And there were two sort of distinct camps in banking. So there were service and sales. Yeah. I was service because I was a cashier, but I admired these sales guys. They were all brash. They were macho. They were confident. They, they drove nice cars. And the service staff i.e. the other cashiers. Well, yeah. they were all just middle-aged women that bitched and moaned about how I'd done to who they were, and they were so negative. Um, so I just spent as much time as I could with these sales guys, and I was just like an annoying little brother to them, really. Right. Pecking their head constantly, um, wanting to go out on lunch with them, sit on meetings, go for a beer after work, although I didn't drink then because I was boxing. Um, yeah. I used to stay late and telesale for them and cold call for them and I'd get, er, get in early in the morning just to ring up all their appointments and confirm the diary um, or like a leech and then about six weeks into my college course I asked this guy that I idolised um, Ian Brooks he's called and I still speak to him to this day and he had this big presence he was like six foot three chiselled jaw he swore he was rough around the edges and he shortened everyone's name. So like, he gave everybody nicknames. So like you'd take a customer into his office and like, yeah, this is Barbara Smith. Oh, Babs, sit down, love. And then you're like, Joe, get, get Babs a cup of tea. Do you drink tea or coffee, Babs? Coffee. She wants a coffee. One, one sugar. And just, oh, everyone liked him. He just had this sort of aura about him. Um, and I remember like six weeks into college. I, I hated it. But I will go in because I was convinced that without that, you don't get a proper job. And I said to him, what qualifications have you got? And he threw this piece of paper at me. And I opened it and it was his pay slip. And I'd never seen so many zeros. Um, and he said to me, son, well, now your age, can I swear, by the way? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. He said, son, when I was your age, I could already spell my fucking name. <laughs> And he said to me, why are you going to college? And I just, and I, like, I just sort of shrugged. And he said, what do you want to do at the end of it? And I was mesmerized by him. I just went, this. And he said to me, pack college in, work full-time as a cashier. I was, I was still, I was 16. Pack college in, work full-time as a cashier. He called it my apprenticeship. And he said, listen to everything that I say. And as soon as you're 18, I'll get you a job as an account manager. Set seller set on the sales team, and that's what I did. Um, next day, I went to college, told him, I then went home and told my dad. My dad didn't speak to me for three months. Um, I think it would, well, I know it. My dad's dream that I was going to be the first Woodhouse, the first member of the family to go to uni. Um, and I suppose this is where my career started, cliche as it sounds. I was one of the top. Uh, cashiers nationally, more or less straight away for referrals onto the sales guys. I mean, I've not been in a bank for years, so I don't know if this still happens, but remember when you used to walk in a bank and the cashier had said to you, would you like an upgrade on your account? Or what if I told you I could save you £10 a month on your home insurance or I can reduce the interest you're paying on your credit card, whatever it may be. I'd then pass them on to the sales managers and that, that were me. I were relentless. Um, no one would get past my till without going in one of the offices and seeing one of the sales guys, and which is probably why my till never balanced. Uh, <laughs> in my head, that came secondary to the sale. Um, the amount of time that people gave me money back were ridiculous. Oh, sorry, son, you give me too much. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm on a regular basis. And I won a load of rewards and all these incentives and and I took a lot of pride then at being um, the, the, the youngest at all of these awards, everyone that I went to. And because every trip I went on involved alcohol and I was oh, under 18 at okay. the time, um, I used to have, um, they used to have to send a chaperone. So I was basically a 17 year old with a babysitter and things like Ascot races and all these big swanky dinners. Um, I, had an, I had a responsible adult following me around. <laughs> um, so I, I then just worked my way through, turned 18, became an account manager, and then senior manager, so on and so forth. Um, I won like, quite a few awards at the bank. And I were always like the, the youngest person. All these dudes, which I took, took a lot of pride in back then. 
Um, and then in 2010, I moved to Abu Dhabi. Um, left the bank, became an independent financial advisor. And, and again, just sort of worked my way through the old firm I were at. Became an area manager, then started running a team of financial advisors. But that weren't for me. Um, yeah. I've got a certain... I'm pretty intense <laughs> and competitive in everything that I do, whether it were boxing as a kid, work. If you and I went to the gym together, I've got to lift more than you or I'd kill myself trying to do it. I, I don't have an off switch. It's either 110% or nothing sort of thing. And, and I, I've got this view on life that we've all got a certain amount of hours, a certain amount of hours in a day. So what's the point in wasting it? And if you're going to do something, do it properly. And I hate, lo I hate losing. Uh, I will cheat at Monopoly if it means winning. I am that guy. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. And look, and, and at the time, I mean, I've matured now, but at the time when I was in my early 20s, mid-20s, I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend why people didn't have... I couldn't comprehend people that didn't have the same... Like go get mentality that I had, and when you're in a team of guys, you can't have that attitude. And it's the same in any industry or any organisation where you're gonna have guys that really want it. You're gonna have the bulk, which is average, and then you're gonna have some people that don't give a shit. Mm. And the bulk of people used to seriously wind me up. And, <laughs> and I also I worked out in my head that look, my time would be better serving my own clients, which ultimately brought me more business and made me more money than the override I would get in on, on this team of guys. Um, but I started believing my own bullshit as well. So I made a lot of money for you as a young lad, tax-free as well, because I was living in the Middle East. Oh, yeah. Um, I became flash, I became arrogant. And then my, my wife, uh, my wife and I got told we couldn't have kids. And oh. this really put life in perspective for me. It knocked me down a peg or two. Um, and we went through three and a half years of hell and failed IVF attempts and like horrible. Just so knowing the one thing that your wife wants more than anything, and you can't give it, um, that's heartbreaking. And just even the, like the doctor saying it's not worked again and she will literally just empty shell for three years. It puts some serious strain on the marriage as well. Uh, but in the end, it worked. Um, we've now got two gorgeous little boys. Henry and Jasper, who we absolutely adore. Uh, they turned two in a couple of weeks, which is flown, That's frightening. Um, I suppose this is also when, when like, my content creation journey, whatever you want to call it, started and my business went to the next level and when Family Wealth 101 were born. Um, yep. So, look, my industry is like the, like the fitness industry as well, the finance industry. Look, let's be honest, it's designed to keep the consumer at arm's reach. Okay. There's too much jargon. There's too much bullshit, contradicting information. There's a lot of noise and everything's just a link to a sales page or a product or everyone's pushing their own agenda. And, and at the heart of it, it's not difficult. Like I said, in PT, fat loss, burn more calories than you consume. Yeah. Simple as that. Okay. My clients save more money than you spend. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So I started, so I started creating these videos. Um, a lot of people in my industry don't like me talking like that, obviously, but so I started creating these videos and content just to tell people how it is. I start sort of breaking down all this financial bullshit, what it actually means and that these get rich quick schemes, they're just that. And I then became sort of became this non no nonsense, straight talking go-to guy in the financial world, especially for expats. Um, most of my clients are, well, I've got clients all over the world, but, um, but there's nobody out there that does what I do in my industry as well. And as consistent as I do, um, which is why I suppose a lot of people come to me, um, yeah. because I just give out free information and, I, and I take pride in putting it in plain English in a language that you and I speak. Um, and don't get me wrong. When I started doing it, my videos were really bad, um, but I kept at it. And they got better and, and I got a lot of stick as well from people in my industry. Um, a lot of hate. And now a lot of those haters I know 
try and copy what I do, which is the biggest compliment I can get, really. Yeah, that's it. it you, you know, when like your head has started copying you, you've, you've done it. You're doing well. So that's, that's great. And so what made you like um, uh, extend your services, uh, especially to expats? Is it through living your life as an expat in Abu Dhabi that you got inspired from that? Yeah, so it, I sort of fell into it. So like I said, so I worked at um, a bank in the UK, well, with Lloyds TSB, Lloyds Bank in the UK. And I think October 2008, my best mate, um, best man at my wedding, and so he, so a guy called John Green. So John was one of these, when I was, John's 10 years older than me, and when, 10, 11 years older than me, and when I was like 17, 18, he was one of these guys that I idolised. Yeah. Uh, he drove a Porsche. He he'd got a nice life. He like I say, he just he had this great aura about him. Um, and he got a job in Abu Dhabi. Okay. I've always said from a young age I want to live overseas. And but where I'm from, people don't leave and people don't move very far. Um, I remember when my well girlfriend at the time, now wife Laura, we bought our first house together, and it were literally five mile down the road five or six miles down the road. And I remember everyone going, why are you moving that far? Why, why are you moving away? So then when, I, and then when I said, I'm going to Abu Dhabi, a lot of people couldn't understand that. But John went, uh, like I said, October 2008. Um, then he offered me a job working with him in 2010. And I, I just jumped at it with both hands. I, I, look, I thought at the end of the day, what's worse that can happen? If you don't work, I can always come back and get a job at the bank again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just fell in love with it. And then just giving financial advice to, expats in the uae and then you sort of grow on the back of that yeah yeah so how so what about like expats from other countries so how do you like gather because like different countries have different systems so how do you keep up to date with all the information at once um first thing is i'm always honest Um, if i don't know the answer to something i'm always quick to say Um, i'll not try bullshitting people or and look, at the end of the day, everyone needs to save. So that, that's it. Whether, yeah, the basics. Yeah. Whether yeah. you're from Australia, whether you're Indian, whether you're Bangladeshi, whether you're British, whether you're from the UAE, French, American, we all need to save money. Save any nice. Um, yeah. And we've all it. we've all got a finite period of which we're going to be working, and then you're going to have a long period where you're not going to be working. Yeah. And whatever you're earning here, you need to make sure you're saving some of that for this now obviously yeah. different countries have different taxation um, agreements and different tax rulings so again you obviously you need to make sure that um, it is relevant to them um, but uh, like i say at the crux of it everyone needs to save money yeah that's it and one of the other reasons i really like about your content is that you openly say about the mistakes that you make as well which I hardly, <laughs> which I hardly see. I in can the write a book. I can write a yeah. book with the mistakes I've made. Yeah, I, I, like, I've, I've done it all. So yeah, like I say, I, I moved to Abu Dhabi as a young lad. Um, no real ties. I was so I moved out in February. Then, like I said, my now wife. We weren't married at the time. Laura came out in September. We got a house in the UK, um, which we rented out mortgage pay uh, the rent more than covered the mortgage we had no other debts no liabilities so we moved to Abu Dhabi and uh, we lived the high life for a few (laughs) years that way we're earning very good money we were uh, we were going to clubs and buying bottles of vodka on a table and we were I bought a stupid Louis Vuitton suitcase at one point which cost me a fortune which (laughs) every time I open my suitcase every time I open my wardrobe and look at it it makes me shiver now just thinking how much money I spent on that and flying business class and all that shit really Um, so yeah I've made all the mistakes Um, so yeah so it's a yeah that's it that's I really admire that because in, in like any financial guru, all they show is like successes and the wins. They're hardly like, they're not that transparent. So with that said, have you made any mistakes that have changed your life that you are now thankful for? Like any significant ones? Um, in terms of finance, yeah, just uh, yeah. don't be a dickhead with your money. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. One. 
Um, yeah. Like I said, for the first three years, I was um, an expat in the UAE. I had very good money, and I spent that and then so. Um, I, I had nothing to show for it. My, my dad's got a saying. Um, my old man is a proper Yorkshireman. He, he knows the value of the pound. He's self-employed, always, always has been, and he's a market trader. And my dad's had this saying of, if you spend one pound less than what you earn, you'll always have money. If you spend one pound more than what you earn, you'll always be in debt. And every time my dad and I used to speak, the first question he's asked me is how much money have you saved? And I used to skirt around it every time because I've not saved anything. Um, so yeah, so I suppose my main bit of advice is pay yourself first. So what yeah. I mean by that is save and then spend what's left. So the day after pay, have your savings and your investments and wherever your money's going, have it all automated. So you get paid today, then tomorrow a percentage is gone. Yeah. And then you just spend what you've got left. That's it. Yeah. That, that's really good advice. And as we all know, like we are in like a milestone, like 2020 is like a big milestone and we are seeing like huge paradigm shifts. So what would be your top advice for expats who are stuck in their countries or who are trying like, cause because of this, like globalization has come to a halt. So mm -hmm. what would be your advice for expats in that case? Um, I, I sort of had this conversation with someone the other day and I just said to them, look, don't worry about, uh, it's easier said than done, but try not to worry about things you can't influence. I mean, too many people are stressing, like in the UK, too many people are stressing about what Boris Johnson's going to decide to do next week on his next address. Is the lockdown, is the lockdown going to be released? Are we going to have another two weeks of it? Oh, what happens then? Just roll with the punches. Just, again, manage what you can, manage what's in front of you. And try and put things in perspective. Um, so at the end of the day, for me personally, my family's healthy. I'm with my family. Like I say, we've got a roof over his head. It could be a hell of a lot worse. Yes, it, this might put people's careers on hold. It might mean that you're earning less money. You might have had to take a pay cut. Heaven forbid, you might have been laid off. And yes, it's bad. But there's always someone worse off than you. Yeah. So I would just try and put it in perspective. Um, and again, I mean, look, take the time to better yourself. Yeah. if you sat at home doing nothing and this is where I think the UK government's and I might upset a few people here but this is where I think the UK government's gone wrong with paying the UK government is paying everyone 80% so if, hey. if, a, if a company in the UK can't afford to pay the staff they're getting furloughed and the UK government's paying 80% of, of the wages to sit at home and do nothing now look don't get me wrong it's great that the, that the UK government is looking after people but don't pay people to sit at home and do nothing. Make them take an online course. Get them out helping. Get them doing something for that money. Because yeah. um, ultimately, what's going to happen is next year, taxes are going to go up. So we're all mm. going to pay for it anyway. Um, and the amount of people where I speak to them, like, oh, I'm bored. I'm, I've been at home all these weeks. I'm not doing anything. I'm like, I'm, you can always find something to do. Learn a new skill, take, pick up a new hobby. Just, there's thousands of online courses. Just Google online course and your newsfeed will be blown up for the next six months. Yeah. With all the ads on it. So like I say, I, I would, again, if you are sat at home and you are concerned about what happens next, again, try and better yourself as much as possible. Yeah. And to make it that's better. That's a bit of a wanky answer, isn't it? That's a bit of a wanky answer. I didn't mean it to be, yeah, but. No, that's a really good answer. Like, because uh, to make that better, all the online courses were pretty much free in the last two months. And there's absolutely no excuse for not doing one. If you really want to, like, you know, if you're, unless you're finding an excuse not to, there's, yeah. So you can always learn and upskill yourself, no matter what it is. Yeah. And yeah, so another question I wanted to ask you is negative interest rates. Like 10 years ago, if someone said, there'll be negative interest rates. No one would have believed it. But <laughs> here we are. And yeah. what do you think the repercussions will be? Would, would, would it create, would it uh, 
lessen the incentive for people to save money and just you know blindly invest it and create another bubble um okay so negative interest rates um okay so i'm assuming you're referring to a video i put out a couple of days ago so okay so last week in the uk the the uk issued bonds at a negative interest rate which basically means that if you lend the uk government 100 pounds in three years you'll get back 99 yeah okay don't seem like a very good deal um and for the uk that's something that's very alien we, we've never had this before um but in germany and japan this has been a thing for the past few years is negative rates and i think it will become the new norm um i think the bank of england are going to reduce their base rate and then i think in bank accounts you're going to start getting negative interest rates i.e you put a pound in your account in your bank account or a dollar or whatever currency you put in your bank account today and tomorrow it's going to be worth less they have that even less so on and so forth so i think this like i said i think this is the world that we're moving into now um which could help boost the economy because people are still going to save people still need to save but what are you going to do with it because if you put it in the bank there's one guarantee and that guarantee is that you're going to lose money so i think it may be good for investing um, i think it may bring money to the markets um and i think it may be good for industry as well yeah that's great and uh, the other thing the most interesting article uh, i saw was financial porn <laughs> the article you put out <laughs> and i was that, that actually resonated deeply in me as well and that's like kind of your main message how do we go about switching our mindset from you know the get rich quick mindset to a more realistic and a sustainable one okay what's happening today in the news is none of your business yeah just tell that to yourself. What is happening today in the news is none of my business. Okay. Most people, how old are you? Me, Gosh. 25. Right. Okay. So yeah. you're a baby, right? Okay. So your investment horizon, your earnings window, what I call it a thousand different things. Okay. But what you should be investing for the long, you're, I'm assuming you're going to be investing for the longer term. So what does it matter what's happening today? What does it matter if the stock market, if the stock market drops by another 50% tomorrow for you, that is amazing. Amazing. Because it means you can buy more. It means you can invest cheaper. Um, so again, what, what too many people make investment decisions. Too many people make 30 year investment decisions based on the last 30 minutes worth of news. Yeah. Turn it off. I get, I've turned notifications off on this. On my, yeah. on my Apple Watch, right? Because every morning I was waking up to a lovely little message from the Telegraph saying, "Catch up with catch up with um, last night's coronavirus news you might have missed." Basically, telling me how many people died while I was asleep. Yeah. What good is that to me or anyone? Mm. So again, with what was happening in the news. Just ignore it. The US stock market increased by 15% yesterday. What does it matter? The UK market dropped by 12% yesterday. What does it matter? Okay, it, unless you need your money today, which most people don't, again, just ignore it. Yeah, that's true. In that case, do you, what, what are your thoughts on dollar cost averaging? Just to like, you know, just to keep news aware, just like, you know, you automate your investing as well. Is that long-term, that's, should definitely yeah. work, especially yeah. with the so, negative yeah. interest red environment. Okay, so for me, the best tool and the tool that has created the most millionaires in history is a direct debit order. Okay. That means you your money comes to you from your no, job so or whatever? In the UK, we call them standing orders. I know in, in okay. a lot of debit orders. So, so basically, the day after you get paid, you have a fixed amount every single month, leave your bank account and automatically go to your investments or to your savings. Okay. Yeah. Every month. 
So you don't have to physically send it. So you don't have to think about it. It just does it itself. When you go on holiday, it still goes. At, at religious holidays, Christmas or whatever religion you may follow, whatever public holidays are, it goes. On your birthday, it still goes. <laughs> so every single month, again, it, and think of it like a bill. And a question I ask a lot of my clients is, have you ever missed a mortgage payment? And they all go, no. And I'm like, never? And they'll go, no. So treat your savings the same way. If you'd never missed a loan or a mortgage payment, why would you ever miss a monthly savings payment or a monthly investment payment? Think of it exactly the same. Call it a bill, call it a tax, call it whatever you want. But every single month, make sure that it goes. Because again, we only work for a certain amount of time and people are living longer. So if you retire, if you want to retire or become financially free or whatever swanky term they call it these days, it all means the same thing. When you stop earning money and you start spending money, if you want that 60, you might be alive for another 30, 40 years. And we're only going to live longer. Medical advancements and again, hacks that we've got now which means we live an extra 10 15 years longer than we did 20 years ago that's only going to get worse or better depending which way you look at it so we need yeah. more money yeah exactly um, so yeah and look and and i think too many people stress about what's investing or where it's invested or can i get nine percent instead of seven percent <laughs> if you're not putting yeah. money away what's your matter do you know what I mean? Yeah. Too many people are focusing on the solution when they should be focusing on the problem. The problem is that you're 40-year-old, Dave, and you ain't got a pot to piss in. And, you wanna, and you're telling me you want to retire in 15 years. That's the problem. Not of now if, if now is the perfect time to start investing or not. You need to start putting money away first. Then worry mm. about it. Yeah, that's true. And um, yeah, so what what like in that case so obviously we are obviously going to live longer and the current retirement age is 65 so obviously that's also going to be extended so people definitely need to take charge of their finances and and they can't really rely on governments to you know provide pensions so how do we how do how do you as a financial planner try to shift that mindset into you know don't depend on the government especially like you said the 80 percent where the UK government paid 80% of people happily take it. So how do we change that narrative on, you know, take care of your finances and don't like really depend on the government too much? I think you just have to actually ask people what they want. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think if you actually write it down for people, if they see the figures in front of them, excuse me, I think it helps people realize that, that, I mean, I don't know what it is in Australia, but the state pension in the UK is £800 a month. Yeah. So if you work in the UK, if you get 35 years service in the UK and you pay what we call national insurance, your, your state contribution, you'll get a full state pension, which is 800 quid a month. And when I say to people that you're used to earning £4,000 a month, Okay, so can you afford to take an 80% pay cut? And they go, no. It's like, well, can you start saving that? Um, so again, I think you need to work out the maths. And you, so you yeah. need to work out. So I suppose what I specialize in where I can help, where I help most of my clients is instead of me trying to sell a product to you or tell you what the flavor of the month and what the best investment is, the first thing we need to work out is what you actually need and what you want. Yeah. So again, map out of, look, your X, Y, Z year old today, this is what you want at this age, funnel that back. That means today you need to be doing this. Um, and it, it's maths. People can't argue with that. It's, they are the facts. They are the numbers. This is what you need as a pot. Um, so again, how are you going to get there? Yeah. You set your goal and work backwards pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So with your family wealth 101 business, you started it two years ago, am I right? To 2018? So family wealth 101 is just my, it's my personal blog. So right, okay. I work, so I'm a part of a firm called Harrison Rowe, Private Wealth. Yeah. Uh, so we're the regulated, regulated entity. 
Yeah. Uh, someone that goes through there and, and Family Wealth 101 Real actually just it's just my personal blog where I share my videos, my articles and podcasts and right. And okay. Okay. So where do you like what's your ultimate goal with your business Family Wealth 101? Do you want to reach um, more people? Yeah, I mean look, just one thing that changed talking of goals and I am very goal orientated, but one thing that changed for me um, quite recently was focusing more on, have you heard of James Clear? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so James Clear. Yeah. Atomic yeah. habits. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So I read James Clear's book and for me that just blew my mind. And instead of sort of focusing, yes, obviously we need to know what the goal are. Instead of focusing too much on that goal is, breaking that down and working out what daily habits you need to do to help you get there and then focusing more on those habits. Um, so again, I suppose that is something what's changed my mindset a lot. Um, and also part of the a big defining factor of the sort of the fitness journey I've been on since last August. I mean, since August I've lost 28 kilo wow, in weight. Amazing. Um, and 32 centimeters off my waist. Uh, 32? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I know. I thought uh, I'm literally half the man I was nine months ago. And a lot of that's down to the guy I've been working with. He's an absolute genius, uh, James Goff. Um, yeah. But again, a big part of that also has been not so much saying, right, this is the way. See, again, if he'd have said to me nine months ago, this is what weight we're going to target for you that meant nothing to me uh, but what did mean something to me is actually breaking that down and saying today you need to take this many steps you need to stick to this many calories you need to do this in the gym and you need to target this this and this do that today coming tomorrow you do this day after you do this and you make that a habit um and I've, I've seen different stats and different numbers. I think some people say you do something 60 times, it becomes a habit. You do something 90 times, it becomes a habit. If you ask me, that's bullshit. Um, because I think habits can be very easily forgotten um, if they're not benefiting you straight away. So again, I mean, look, I, I'm at the stage now where I love going to the gym. I love hitting the steps. I love going out for a run, doing cardio. I love sticking to my to my macros, my calories. But that took a very long time. Yeah, I would quite happily not count my calories tomorrow. Eat 15 cheesecakes, drink 12 pints of lager, and I would be very happy doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if I got the same end result. I would do that every single day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so, but yeah, so does that answer your question? I, yeah, I got distracted. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, it does. Because you set the goal and then you become more process oriented. Like you yeah, try to yeah. drill down on the process more than just mm. like thinking about the goal. Because the goal can be like, sometimes thinking too much about the goal can be a bit overwhelming as well and put you off yeah. track. <laughs> And one of the things as well, I mean, so with, with goals to talk fitness. So six years ago, I, I got in great shape for my wedding. I got married six years back and I had six months and I, and I lost a load of weight, got in great shape for the wedding, but then sort of I hit the goal. Yeah. And it was like, right, what now? And there then we went go. on this honeymoon after, we went on a three week honeymoon and we're on this honeymoon. And for the first three days of the honeymoon, I got a six pack. Then after that, <coughs> drinking beer, eating pizzas, it went as quick as it came. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, but I'm on my honeymoon, so I'll, I'll start at the gym again when I get back. And then I got back from the honeymoon, and then it was like, I'll start next week. I'm jet-lagged. I'll start next week. And then a week turned into a month, which turned into two, which turned into three, which then it was like, oh, Christmas is coming up, so I'll start in January. And then my birthday in February, so oh, after my birthday. And then all of a sudden I put, about on a six, I put on about five stone over the space of four yeah. or five years. And it were always, and then I sort of sold myself of, I need a new goal. So then the year after that, I went, right, I'll get fit for the summer. And then that never happened. And then, yeah. so 
like I said, so now I've completely just shifted my mindset on it of I've not really got a goal in mind as such, but just making sure that I tick off the boxes every single day um, and have processes in place to make sure the daily habits are taken care of and the goal looks after itself. Yeah, awesome. And uh, what what books have kind of had a really big impact on your life? Name about two or three books that have um, really made you think and reflect. And, for our know, work act, week, obviously. For our yeah. work week, yeah. Um, who moved my cheese? You've seen that? Okay. No, never heard of that. I need to look up on that. Oh, what's the author called? I'll dig it out. Um, but yeah, it's a really good book. Um, yeah. And also, um, uh, the Alchemist, Paolo the Coelho. Alchemist, yeah, yeah. Um, I've read that book about ten times. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it just makes you realize that you, you can be whatever you want to be um, and so a lot of the limitations we place on ourselves are exactly that it's just self-limiting self-limiting beliefs mm, yeah and yeah. Um, yeah that's good so one of the things like we've had about three months of lockdown one of the things mm-hmm. that i always tell people is you had like you know what you said before as well you have 21 days for a habit 90 days for a lifestyle so we had exactly 90 days to build like a very long lasting habit have you built any habits that you're proud of during the lockdown yeah um so okay so my my business model i i I live in the uk now but most of my clients are in the middle east so i so i would fly now every um every week every other week seeing clients on a regular basis and then obviously that all stopped overnight. Um, so yeah. it's, instead of licking my wounds, I tried to, I took the initiative to sign up skill on Zoom. So I'm doing a lot of video calls now, which is working really well. Um, also, I've sort of doubled down on content. So I'm making sure that I'm producing at least one piece of content every single day. Um, getting, again, making sure I'm getting interviews in for my podcast making sure I'm creating the videos, I'm writing the articles, I'm doing that every day. Um, and do you know what I've actually found, that again, putting things in perspective, I've actually found this to be a massive positive. Um, it's amazing how much time you, you, you save and you gain when you're not traveling country to country and flying around and in and out of the car all the time. So yeah, I... Um, I suppose my main habits that I've created are just making sure that I'm creating a piece of content every single day. Yeah, part of my double, double down on your strengths. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's amazing to hear. And ultimately, what, what is your definition of freedom for you? Oh, definition of freedom. <laughs> um, I suppose being able to do what you want, being able to do what you love. Um, yeah, never thought of like that actually. Pretty much, yeah. That's good. I think people take freedom, and I'm big on routine. So I'm very big on routines. If you looked at my diary, my calendar, it's got everything in, like everything to the point of like a prime example being this is how much I crave routine. Last night, so when we arranged this last night, I went to bed and I woke up at one o'clock this morning fretting that this wasn't in my diary. That's how, honestly, that's how much I crave routine. Now look, I'm up at five o'clock every day. And again, so for me, this was in at 10 a.m. So there's no way I'm gonna miss this. No way I'm gonna overlay. But I woke up at one in the morning thinking about it's not in my diary. And I was laid in bed for about 15 minutes. And do you know the minute I picked my phone up and put this as an appointment in my diary at 10 a.m., I fell back asleep. That is how um, I create <laughs> routine yeah. and structure. Yeah. And I think people a lot of the time sort of see that as the enemy of freedom as I actually don't. I, I feel much more productive and much more sane and comfortable if everything for me is mapped out. So for me... Strange as this sounds, I suppose freedom comes from having a routine. 
Right, that's that's a very interesting answer. Especially, I think uh, maybe you really want to be productive and you love what you're doing. So that's probably why you love routine. And for someone who is probably like doing like a job, on the other hand, like who that they don't like to do, that case might be different. They always want to travel and, you know, live the... Don't get me wrong, I love traveling. I love traveling. Um, And... <laughs> I suppose I'm just a control freak, really. Um, <laughs> even when we travel, I like to know where we're going, when we're going. Like, it's, and it's different now we've got kids. But before, like me, me and Laura, we used to go away on all these amazing holidays, and and she'd go mad at me because I can't just sit and lay on a beach. I need to be doing something, or that like, we get up in the morning, and I'll know what time I'm going to the gym, and roughly what time we're going for lunch, and then what <laughs> we're doing. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm a, yeah, I'm a control freak, basically. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you on that. If you go on a holiday, you have to make the most use of it. You can't just yeah. sit around and chill. <laughs> Maybe yeah. one day, one like once in a while. I, but not it, it, it just makes me much more productive if I know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Like I say, if I come in, if I sit down today at my desk in my office, and if I've not got a pre-arranged structure of I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I can sit at my screen and just stare at it for 30 minutes and just waste time like that. Uh, yeah. If I've got it written down in a to-do list and I attack that to-do list, I can get it done. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm quite OCD like that. So mm. actually I do I crave a routine and a structure. Yeah, that's good. And so what, uh, where do people reach you and connect with you and what can they expect from you? Um, where can people reach me? So I'm on all social media platforms. I'm on LinkedIn as Joe Woodhouse. Uh, so it's J-O-E, uh, Woodhouse, as it sounds. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I am Joe underscore Family Wealth 101. Um, I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn as Family Wealth 101. I'm on YouTube as Family Wealth 101. Yeah. Uh, I've got a blog, familywealth101.com. Um podcast health wealth and happiness with james and joe um across all social media platforms look it's just me talking about things what i believe are important for families like what i talk about what's important to me and my family in the assumption that if if it's important to me it's important to other people so we talk about family finance money um again protection ways to look after your family the podcast is a little bit different so the podcast is a similar sort of format to this where it's uh, myself and a good friend of mine james goff who's in the fitness industry where we invite on sort of successful and interesting guests share their story um, and their tips on sort of health wealth and happiness um, right yeah i'm really excited for your podcast it's uh, mainly because like help and well, like health and wealth. So fitness and finance are two of my biggest passions as well. So yeah. to get a podcast with those two together, I think it has a huge potential. Yeah, I mean, James and I, we both have very similar outlooks on life. Um, so we've been working together now for about nine months. Um, and we just, we just gelled straight away, really. So we're yeah. both producing a sort of content. Um, we both have a no-nonsense approach. Um, I like to tell it how it is. I shoot from the hip, which people don't always like. And I've upset yeah. a few folks along the way, but <laughs> I think most people do respect my uh, my honesty. Yeah. No BS approach. That's what everyone likes. And uh, yeah. just to finish up, what's your fitness journey like? What What's uh, what's looking ahead for at from your fitness standpoint? Um, from a fitness standpoint, so... I, I've got certain sort of weight targets and body fat targets that I want to hit. Um, so I'm in a calorie deficit at the minute, trying to shift the stubborn belly fat, um, yeah. which I've still got. Once I get down to a certain point, I think we're then going to try and transition out, try and bulk up a little bit. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm enjoying the journey. I'm enjoying the process. Um, do I want a cover model six pack? Um, Cover, cover model, cover model, six pack. One, I'd like to know it doesn't interest me. I'd have loved to have it, but trying to maintain that sounds like hard work to me. I like pizza. Yeah. I like beer. Uh. I, like, 
cheesecake. <laughs> all the things that are bad for you. Yeah. Uh, so f- for me, look, the main goal for me is just again keeping fit, um, and it, it it makes me so much happier as well. Um, when I'm in shape, when I'm looking after my body, I've got so much more energy, which may, then again makes me much more productive at work. Um, so yeah, there's no real. I suppose just keep doing what I'm doing. And like I said, I'm yeah. enjoying the process. Exactly. I think that's a big important uh, question because how, how does your fitness, like your transformation, you had a massive transformation from last year. How has that impacted on your finances and your business? Um, on my finances, it cost me money because I've had to buy all new clothes. Uh, <laughs> but no, re- really well. Um, and look, everyone knows that when you're in better shape, you're in a better frame of mind. You're more confident. You, so you're more this, 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 and this. And and last year, I've always been, I've always been super confident. And last year, when I, I again, I'm a lot fatter in the face. I've got a massive belly. And and if you'd have asked me then, are you lacking confidence? I'd have said no. But looking back now, I was. I were having. Buying shirts size too big to hide the gut. Our like meetings with clients, I was always making sure we were meeting behind a high table, so I wasn't sort of sat in with my stomach exposed. Things like that. That now, when I look back, um, yeah, I realise what it has done. Like I said, I've got so much more energy. Um, I'm sleeping a lot better at night as well, which for me is big. I've never really slept. So when people say I sleep like a baby. I actually do where I'll sleep for three hours. Then I'm awake for an hour. Then I'll sleep for two and a half hours. Then I'm awake for an hour. So, and the last few months and the first time really where I've slept all ever, where I've slept all the way through the night. So I'm getting, I'm resting a lot better. Um, which again means that I'm up fresh the next day. And so it's just like this snowball in positive yeah. way, just spiraled and, uh, yeah, I've got much more energy with the kids as well. Chase the kids around because that was the biggest thing for me. I wanted to make sure that when the kids start playing football and running around, that I can chase them, and I'm not tired when I climb the stairs anymore, yeah. which I were last year. And obviously, you'll have a massive influence on their on their perception as well. Like when they see you getting fit, they'll eventually grow up to be fitter as well. Yeah, that's, yeah, and that, yeah. I see that's something that's really important to me. Obviously, I want to be. A, positive role model in their lives yeah, yeah. any final words or comments no, no or just advice? just ash just keep what you're doing mate keep doing what you're doing um like i said, i love the podcast i think it's great what you're doing yeah and um, thank you yeah keep smiling yeah you too thank you so much thank you everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed it and learned something new from this episode if you did make sure you like comment and subscribe And if you know anyone who'd benefit from the content we covered today, make sure you share it with them and add some value to their life. Have a blessed day and take care.